You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. A man become preeminent. He's expected to have enthusiasm. What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Yeah, Ed. Welcome to the Pollhater Podcast, where you will always find fantasy sports advice and sports talk fun one way, the Pollhater way. My name is Rob DiPietro. I'm your host and founder of the Pole Hitter Podcast. It's been with me since I was as early as I can remember. I was always drawn to the rush of striking a player out and making key plays to win games, clutch hits, long home runs. Sports embeds a certain trait, I think, that you carry throughout your whole life. It's really one of a kind. I remember playing catch, probably the best way you could spend with someone without even talking, saying one word. Just step and throw and pound the mitt. I remember it being a way to go, a little mano-mano with the person you were tossing with. Maybe it's your friend or your teammate trying to make their hand hurt and trying to make them tell you to tone it down a little bit, that it's just cats just warming up. Father coaching sons, brothers playing with brothers, brothers playing against sisters, you know, wiffle ball, softball, tennis, wiffle ball, any kind of form of baseball you can invent. Whatever you can invent on the fly, that counts too. And I also grew up playing uh, a lot of Stratomatic. I learned to keep the book that way and keep score, as well as watching my older brothers play softball. I always kept the book. I was their favorite scorekeeper. You know, no errors, all hits. We played Stratomatic whenever it rained outside and we couldn't go outside and do real baseball things. We always drafted teams. We made leagues with friends and brothers and ever so important task of making out a great lineup. Funny how when I was 10, I just drafted guys who had home runs. Well, not a horrible drafting strategy. I just didn't know what slugging percentage was. You had her on base average and my brothers never told me, you know, I never even asked them. I have to get them on a podcast to answer that. Obviously, there's wiffle ball, you know, the beauty of playing baseball whenever you want with your friends and plastic golden stick attempting to smash a ball that has endless curves and spins, bounce back net, painted tape walls in the shape of the strike zone, you know, ankles to eyes if you want a big strike zone. Or maybe if you've ever used an A&P shopping cart with the access door open, flipped upside down in the strike zone, the old simple garbage bell strike zone. Although you can't really count, like, when it goes down to the floor, right? I mean, that's not a strike. But people played that way. Uh, Maybe you played on a not-so-wide tree. That's pretty good practice to become Greg Maddox in no time. As I got older and baseball, regular baseball, didn't become an option. Softball was a passion. It always provided me with some of my best team moments and memories ever. Just great camaraderie and 
just really fulfills that competitive nature for sports. My first memories for fantasy sports include me and my brothers. We would have drafts after the season concluded, and uh, we had the final stats in our hand. It was a pretty odd way of doing it, looking back at it. But, you know, I was, I was like 11, 12 years old, and it's sort of like the retro draft that's pretty popular right now in the industry that Ron Chandler and Todd Zola and plenty of other fantastic uh, fantasy experts and analysis have been partaking in. It's pretty crazy looking back at it. That's how we did our regular season drafts. We waited till the end of the year. We got the stats from my brother got them from USA Today. We would just draft our teams and we would compute the final, the overall stats real quick, see who was the winner. You know. Now, obviously, it's master Excel sheets and formulas to maximize stat categories and all that fun stuff. And if it was available to a 13-year-old boy like me, I probably would have used it. Remember football? I remember me and my brothers playing in a four-man league. We would pick like four quarterbacks each, 10 running backs, 10 wide receivers, and we would keep score on a, a graft piece of uh, drafting paper. I remember how neat my brothers kept. It was really cool. They had a great system for everything, you know, stand, handwritten standings and leaderboards. I remember having first pick one year, and I took Garrison Hurst, a rookie out of Georgia. Garrison Hurst was my first ever number one pick in a fantasy football league. I don't think he did that great. Uh, but it was also fun from a very early age. I just remember you know, chasing those numbers and enjoying the rush of trying to beat my brothers and anyone else that we played with. You know, was blessed to have a real good baseball background right from the start uh, in my family and with my friends. And since then, since 1998, I've been playing comp- pretty competitively in baseball and football league, um, basketball as well. Played in, in uh, a ton of keeper leagues, um, pretty much right from the onset of me playing in 1998. I got involved in keeper leagues, loved the whole keeper league setup and strategy and um, ways to, you know, best your opponent. There's so many ways to go and playing some redraft leagues, roto, points leagues, head-to-head categories. Um, recently, I just did my first dynasty startup and it was a blast. And I thoroughly enjoyed trying to see what kind of minor leaguers I was going to try to roster. It's actually uh, coincided pretty well with me reading um, Future Value by Eric Longenhagen and Kyler McDaniels. Great book. I highly recommend it. It's a great dive into scouting, prospecting, and how to evaluate talent for real-life baseball and also fantasy baseball going into the future. Um, you look to learn how to scout, um, learn about grading metrics, and tons of baseball information. I think it maybe actually want to try and be a scout see if I have time for that, even if it was uh, for fun, like high school ball and minors. Just, they actually recommended a stopwatch to get, and um, we ordered on Amazon, 12 bucks, and I'll head to the field. Start taking some numbers. I also read Swing Kings during this uh, COVID uh, shutdown. That was freaking great book as well. Really, really, the whole deep dive and look into how swings have changed and how Ted Williams has been talking about this for a long time already. But, um, okay, anyway, back to fantasy. Yeah, so I enjoy just trying leaves with uh, different scoring settings and roster setups. Uh, six years ago, I got into a league that 
has no NL West and no AL West except Houston and Texas. Really odd league, but you know, I have no filter for leagues head ups. Uh, I feel like I would like to play all different types of leagues. I feel like it makes me better all around. Um, I do have a preference though, and it's Roto. I love the grind of start to finish and the race to the top. You know, it's just even if you're in the bottom half of the league, you know, some leagues that play and have a second half um, increase, the biggest uh, jump in the second half points-wise gets, you know, their money back. And it's a good incentive and it's a good um, way to practice trying to target specific categories and seeing like what categories are realistically able to catch up at certain points of the year. So I definitely love Roto for those reasons. Um, but I also appreciate the head-to-head dynamics and how the leagues, uh, how they vary in approach. And, you know, I try to just hybrid those strategies together somehow. Um, recently started playing in some best ball leagues, and those are a lot of fun. It's a great way of getting exposure to the ADP and the market, as well as a chance to, you know, to win some money while not having to set lineups or make a drop. Safe to say that I enjoy fantasy sports. So why pull hitter and what is pull hitter? It was a line once that says place hitting is the most difficult art in a batter's entire repertoire. I agree with that. And getting into the mindset of a pull hitter is not easy. The physical aspect of the swing make up what leads into you developing pull hitting tendencies. But I always thought mentally is where the pull hitter struggles to not be stubborn. I've always pulled the ball. Sometimes I got a hold of one going oppo, but the majority of my clean shots were pulled. It wasn't bad either. It was a, you know, my softball days was a pretty legit power threat from the right side. And I preferred rolling with that and excelling in that one area as opposed to really putting any effort into taking some pitches to the other parts of the field. That probably sounds terrible, but that's just the way I did it. I wish Trackman was uh, around then. We could have pulled up some very interesting defensive alignment charts when I came to bat. In my mind, that only made me want to pull the ball even more when I saw everyone pulled so heavily when I got up or to hear the one guy yell, pull? You know, the third baseman would literally stand on the line, the third base line behind the third base bag. You know, I was like, so what if I give the defense an edge, you know, by hitting it exactly where I want, where they want me to hit it, you know? I'll prove them wrong. I'll find my spot. Well, I'll just try to hit it over the fence. And it circles back to them that mental aspect of pull hitting. It's uh, been over 10 years since I played ball, but a funny thing happened since then. Uh, I learned about myself. I learned about myself and my present being, and I started to understand why I may have done things a certain way when I was younger. Had a deep introspect uh, has led to discovery. It's become more clear why I do things the way I do. I basically pull hit all through life. <laughs> um, I find routine and habit to be pleasing, and I find things that work for me, and I try to be the best I can be at those things. And this is not like... um a newfound discovery that I've unearthed for the world. But sometimes I feel like people don't embrace it and run with their strengths if some people perceive it to be a flaw, you know? So I do my best in listening to others, uh, reading, absorbing information. I believe knowledge is power, but my stubbornness always brings me back to my way, the, the pole hit away, you know, so... I believe that consistency in your actions eventually makes all your moves blink moves, um, actions that 
are just so ingrained in your brain's frame of reference library to make you know, the act of making a decision come to you in a blink instinct. By now you're probably wondering, like, what the heck is this guy talking about? But <laughs> if you're still with me, good. What did this have to do with fantasy sports advice? So my aim through this podcast and future website will be providing tools that you can use to make your fantasy decisions uh, more efficient and hopefully more impactful. Um, I think analytics is, analytics is a huge part of baseball, and for good reason. Numbers do not lie, and numbers always get me a little giddy inside. You know, there's a constant flow right now, wonderful new content being produced by several amazingly talented analysts and uh it's really cool to see what a lot of people are coming up with and where their brains are going i really love to listen to other podcasts and um read other websites see the the great big spectrum that we have right now of different types of approaches and dives into um stats and players and pitchers and how pitches move and it's pretty awesome very awesome to see so my aim is to show you that um, while learning as many new metrics and StatCast slangs will definitely help you be a better overall fantasy player and even understand baseball more. For fantasy, sometimes I think it can be counterproductive in extracting exactly what you need to win. I think you need to take your time to absorb what each ratio or stat means, but you have to own it on the ones you believe in and the ones you think tell the picture in a blink snapshot. We are tremendously inaccurate when it comes to baseball projections and my thinking is that the more areas you're trying to incorporate into your player evaluation will only leave you with more of a wide-ranging error bar and trying to predict that player's performance i've been a baseball hq and ron chandler disciple since i really got into analytics for baseball and i have completely embraced the philosophies they have in place for evaluating a player's tool set tool set and snapshots so ron chandler developed a system called the mayberry method while he was with baseball hq and he's taken that system and furthered it with a system he now calls babs the main concept that i i I learned and i pull from these approaches that you can take multiple layers of skills and ratios and stats and filter them out and combine them into a blink snapshot of skill sets for players and while you can also grouping like the similar two players in groups so you could help identify you like where you would find the value and where the disparities in the ADP are. It just, I think to concentrate less on the amount of stats you are taking in just leaves you with more time for to concentrate on things like roster construction and to evaluate the rest of your, the rest of the owner's rosters in your league. Um, which is something I think people don't take partake in enough to evaluate and scan what other players have on their teams. And that happens from getting into too many leagues. I'm guilty of that too. So I've taken these tools that I found to be successful for me and I try to be extremely strong in those areas. You know, it's like pull hitting. It's what I enjoyed doing. I enjoyed extremely pulled dingers, you know, baseball, fantasy baseball is meant to be fun. We all want to win. Bragging rights are great, but money is a great motivator as well. And you want to find that balance where you can enjoy playing and you can have fun at it, as well as being ultra competitive to try and destroy teams in your league. 
So find the things that you do well. Maybe you can identify cheap power sources. Uh, maybe you're the guy who always finds young live arms who increase their case per nine dramatically from year to year. And that's what pill hitter is basically about, finding your way and going all in on it. So while pull hitter is a baseball term, the overall mindset will translate to fantasy football and fantasy basketball as well. This is something we will aim to provide content and advice for baseball, football, and basketball. And fantasy focus all the way around with some other fun stuff as well. We're going to take a dive in some home keeper league auction. I think I mentioned it earlier, but keeper auction leagues are my favorite types of leagues. There's plenty of different settings and scoring systems and the keeper amounts from league to league varies. Something you have to be cognizant of when you are in a league, you have to know what the settings are. So I think with, but with stats being more accessible than ever, there are definitely no more sleepers in fantasy and there are no approaches that go unturned. Um, everything's out in the open now. So the question you want to ask yourself is, if you're playing these auction keeper leagues, it's how are you approaching your auction keeper draft? And are you as prepared as you should be? Um, you try to tr- try to dive into inflation. That's something we're going to be talking about in a future episode. I'll get some players from my league, and we'll talk about how we approach the offseason for baseball and football and how we determine values for the players that are being kept and the players that will be in the player pool. Inflation sets the tone for a successful approach to your season. You're also making it a constant effort to note all the tendencies of the people you are playing against. Sometimes that could be your greatest asset. You want to anticipate everything you think the other owners in your league are going to do. Um, whether that be the approach to the draft and who they're going to freeze or how they could bid during the draft, how they like to draft, the players they like to target, their fab strategies, their trading tendencies, the guys they tend to like to trade for, everything. We'll take a look at a number of various approaches and strategies that fantasy managers take in roto, head-to-head category leagues, point and dynasty leagues, and help you identify maybe which one is right for you, which one that fits your playing style. We will aim to provide some trivia, some baseball history, perhaps a fantasy Jeopardy segment. Bring some guests on, have a good old roundtable. You know, anything to talk about sports and enjoy one other time. So I'd like to thank you for taking the time out to listen to this pilot episode of the Pole Hitter Podcast. I look forward to getting to know some like-minded fantasy minds and sports minds, just overall good people, positive attitudes, who also like great live music and going to the beach or drinking craft beers or have gardens or have pugs or pit bulls or wives. Oh, you, you have a wife? Oh, yeah, I have the best one. She's the one who actually motivated me to take my love for being a sports fan and an avid fantasy player and connecting to the world about it. So I'll be writing articles that will be posted on the future website, pullhitter.com. Stay tuned for that. It's coming very soon. I hope to get my brothers into some episodes. So it will be just four brothers talking sports, memories, countless games we've been to or watched and rewatched. We call them Stratomatic on rainy summer days. Baseball stars on Nintendo, which is the, the original roster construction baseball video game. You know, Do you build your team the right way, the way it loads the game with, or do you use the Konami code for a way better team? Getting wins and improving your team through paying the dollar amount out. That was just a great way to understand roster construction. I still have original Nintendo, believe it or not, and it's my wife's. And Baseball Stars is 
definitely one of the best video games ever and probably my number one baseball video game of all time. So I hope to connect with some other podcasters out there who want to gain some knowledge from one another, further develop their abilities as fantasy sports players and overall sports knowledge. And overall, I would like to connect the positive energy folks with positive positive energy thoughts. So thanks again for listening to the Pull Hitter podcast, and I hope to chat with you sometime soon, anytime. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Pull Hitter Pod. My personal Twitter is at DeadPullHitter. And you can email the show at pullhitterpodcast at gmail.com. Have a safe journey. Be aware of your surroundings. And make sure you don't overanalyze your bingo card approach.